You're listening to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast with your host, Nick Shuquette. Today's show features another amazing entrepreneur who has found success online. Now, let's learn what it takes to be a million dollar seller. All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Shuquette. Today, we've got Jason and Jeremy on the call from Ecom CPA. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, how's it going? Great, Nick. How you doing? It's a good week so man. far. Nice, nice. Good week. Yeah, man. It's uh, exciting times where I'm at. It's warming up, so uh, you know everyone's just getting outdoors more. Life is getting a little more enjoyable with the sunshine and stuff like that. So uh, definitely enjoying that. And I uh, just got moved into a new office as well. Like I was telling you guys uh, right before we we started recording, but. Uh, Things are good. Uh, anything new going on with you guys uh, at the moment? Yeah, it's. I mean, we just finished up uh, our busy time of year for tax season, and right. now we're, um, we're kind of heading into uh, doing some tax planning stuff for our clients. So that's always uh, always fun for us. Yeah, we've been nice. working on we've been working on a few exciting things for clients. We like to let input from. The people that we get the privilege to serve help us create what fits for them in being able to like it enables scale. And so what we we continually heard from our clients was we hate that there's a that there's a silo between like accounting and tax departments. They just wanted simplicity. Like they're they're tired of having to repeat themselves as entrepreneurs. So we we're working on this new model. We've already rolled it out and our, our clients are really enjoying it where we have just a CPA that's a certified CPA that they engage with as a single person at the company. And so you don't ever have to repeat yourself. Like they understand your taxes and all the moving pieces from a compliance perspective. So it's really fun because nobody else has done this. And so like we're breaking new ground while at the same time giving our clients exactly what they said. Um, And it feels good to do that. We're super agile. And that's one of the things I love about working here. Nice. That's exciting, man. I love, um, I love that you guys are, are working on that. Like I've had some negative experiences with um, bookkeepers and accountants and CPAs in the past where you just, you're never talking to the same person. And uh, you know, those details and stuff like, you know, are, it's a lot to kind of process that information and to have to do it over and over again. It's definitely frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to dig into like what you guys do is at, you know, at Ecom CPA, you guys have been involved with the group for a long time. Uh, everyone has just said nothing, has nothing but good things to say about the work that you guys do and, and all the great times we have at the events as well. Like, you know, Jason came out to his first event, uh, in Jackson Hole. It was really good meeting him and Jeremy, you know, I feel like we've been hanging out for years, man. We've been, we've been surfing in Mexico. Like we've we've done all these, these snowboarding, like all these cool things, man. And, uh, it's always great seeing you. So, uh. You know, I just kind of want to give the, the listeners an idea of like, how did you guys get here? Like, how did you get in this unique space of, of e-commerce? Uh, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and take it? Yeah, yeah I, can, I can kind of talk to it. Um, and so um, I've kind of known the power of e-commerce for a long time. And so like when I was in college getting my accounting degree, um, I had an Amazon store, an eBay store. And, you know, this was like in the 2000s. So really like really early on Amazon, you know, like the crappy website and everything. I don't even know if they, I can't remember if they had advertising, but I kind of saw this, like I could be anywhere in the world and, um, and reach 
uh, reach customers, you know, all over the place, you know, through Amazon um, or eBay or just, you know, just online in general. And so I kind of had this passion for e-commerce and saw that. And so, um, you know, I went out into the workplace like a good, like a good um, human being, you know, they yeah. like they uh, like they train you to be. <laughs> um, and so like I worked at big firms, I worked at small firms, I kind of worked in private industry too. worked for Nike for a while. And, um, and, you know, eventually I kind of got into the tax um, side of things, had a practice um, in the Portland area that I kind of built up and, um, and exited from that. I also, I guess if you step back a little further, I had a custom ski pole company. Okay, um, nice. Called Flav- it's called Flay the Sticks, or it was called Flay the Sticks, um, that, uh, you know, was was fun, but I also challenged, I really found it challenging to source products and, okay. and back and forth with quality. And it just, um, it just really didn't work out um, for me. I think, I think sometimes I still think about that, but, um, you know, I really kind of, had this uh this passion for e-commerce and so um you know while i was working at a smaller firm i kind of um you know had a little bit of a side hustle on upwork and um i just kind of you know started working with people who were in e-commerce and um you know really finding out what the pain points were so you know things like inventory accounting sales tax um like how do you get the data out of um out of, you know, from Amazon um, without, you know, blowing up your accounting system. And so I kind of really, um, you know, there was just a ton of organic interest on on Upwork, you know, uh, for for these e-commerce specific services. And so, um, you know, that kind of gave me the courage to leave the firm that I was at and um, and launch Ecom CPA, you know, as a full-fledged kind of service, you know, with employees and so forth. And you know, um, I feel like accountants in general are slow to move, um, you know, with uh, the changing times. And so, um, you know, that kind of uh, that differentiates us a lot from other accounts and that we um, we know the pain points. Like I said, the inventory accounting, how do you get the data from the systems? What's FBA? I mean, uh, I've had clients come to us that their accounts don't even know what they're talking about. Right. In that regard. So, you know, it's really. Um, you know, e-commerce is here and it's, it's uh, obviously still growing. And so, um, you know, we're just, uh, we're digging in and, and uh, growing with y'all. Man, I love like just this, how there are so many things that you tapped into to kind of end up where you're at, like the Upwork marketplace and the Amazon marketplace <laughs> and like your traditional, you know, education and how it all kind of came together uh, to get you where you are now. And, uh, you know, it's great to have someone who's kind of like ahead of the trends or like on par with the trends in this industry. Because a lot of this stuff, like the states just figured out sales tax like a couple years ago for e-commerce, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you know, there's still some states that are catching up. Like the government is still catching up on this industry and what's happening. And we need CPAs like you guys to be able uh, to handle our Amazon business, our crypto stuff, and you know all these other things. That are going yeah. On. yeah. Um, so man, that's uh, that's cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that that story with us. And uh, Jason, man, let's uh, let's hear a little bit about you. Like, how did you end up in e-commerce and working with Jeremy? I didn't have a passion for e-commerce, which is is interesting. I should have. I I worked in an industry where 
there were products that big companies didn't want to use anymore. So they just set them in a warehouse and I'd go grab them and throw them on eBay. And I made quite a bit of money, like okay. cash doing it, but I didn't see the opportunity. It was just kind of like this side thing, like the, the opportunity opened up, but I didn't, I was almost blind to how awesome e-commerce was. My background is technology and that really is my passion. And I didn't think when I got into helping people evaluate products or services that it would ever really be services. I thought it would always be technology. I was in enterprise technology sales. And so when COVID hit, I lost my job at a technology company. And one of my friends has built a couple successful e-commerce companies, scaled zero to 60 million in a few years, and had started a full scale digital marketing agency, as well as like there's a technology component, a technology that we sold there and asked if I wanted to come join him. And I'm like, I don't even know, like e-commerce. And so I got involved. And the more I got involved, I saw what an empowering business model it was for individuals to be able to build something, not just here in the United States, but it's amazing to me that anyone from anywhere can start a business and you know, create an LLC in Wyoming or Delaware and launch a business and become successful and take their family out of poverty. And, yeah. and so I started to get a little bit excited about it, but digital marketing really wasn't my thing. When I applied to Ecom CPA, I thought it was a technology company. I was an Ecom <laughs> CPA. I thought it was like a, a platform to sell technology to e-commerce business owners. So I applied and during the first interview, there was something different about like the culture at the company and what they were building and then the way that they are managing the company stood out the most. Jeremy and, and Elisa were the two people that I engaged with. I just felt like there was something different in place. And what I learned later was that the company uses a, an operating system called the Charfin Business Model. And oh, so wow. many businesses just don't have like accountability systems in place or ways to capture systems and processes that create efficiency. And there's a ton of waste and they don't know how to communicate as a team. And I just felt like there was something different. So I was like, well, it's not a technology company. I, I probably am not going to move forward with this. But I decided to take the second interview. And then as I engaged with the team more and more, I just felt like this is it. This is what I want to go do. And Jeremy talked about what he was building. And it's been amazing. In the same way that we, I talked to a guy yesterday. He launched a new product. And he was doing $20,000 a day after week one on Shopify and stocked out like immediately and can't keep the products in stock. When you do that with the product, you know you have a market fit. And it's so exciting for me at this company because I talk to people and the market fit for what we're doing, like this new breed CPA firm offering that we're creating in conjunction with e-commerce sellers, you know, saying this is what's most important to me. This is what I need to see. Like the market fit is perfect we get new requests and we go and we try to implement those requests, but it's really the same as somebody launching a new product and it just finding traction right away in the marketplace. We've got so much traction and then we're, we're doing things that other firms aren't. So it's fun. We're like breaking new ground. One of the most challenging things to do. And there's a lot of growth pains that come with that, but we're having a blast. Man, that's awesome. It sounds like you're pretty, uh, pretty excited to be where you're at, Jason, like that, that growth, uh, just gets you gets you pumped up, man. I can see it. <laughs> it is the challenges, but then the the problems that get solved. Yeah. And and the the impact that it's having for people, especially those that are planning to exit. Like it is so fun when we talk to people that are exiting. That's probably the situation that I get the most excited in because a lot of people go through that and it'll just pay the taxes on the capital gains, 
but we've got all these vehicles that that we're familiar with and opportunities to eliminate those capital gains taxes. And so it just feels good not to say, hey, it costs this much and say, here's an ROI for anything that you would pay us for. And that's really the premise and the cornerstone of the business is how do we save our clients money so that the cost of compliance, you know, that goes gets knocked off the list instead of being one of the top two or three expenses in the organization. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we're excited to hear more about like some things you guys uh, want to share about saving people money. But I want to know more about this uh, uh, operating system that you guys have going on. I haven't heard of this one. A lot of MBS members are familiar with, you know, like EOS. Yeah. Right. They talk a lot about that. Uh, what was this one called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, the co- the coach is Alex Sharfin, and I think I know some of the people in in MBS were in um, in that group as well. Okay. Uh, it's it's similar to EOS, but just a little bit, a little bit different. Um, and so um, it's it's very similar in that you have kind of an annual target broken down to quarterly uh, quarterly things that need to happen to get there, and then you have uh, monthly things you got to do to get to the quarterly. And you know it, it basically breaks it down to the week level. And so okay, um, you know that's kind of how when we take these lofty things like creating a CPA advisor um, program where you have one point of contact. You don't have to manage our team, um, you know, which is a huge pain point um, at, at other firms or just in general. Uh, like, how do you, uh, it's kind of a lot, you know, when you think about that, it's like, we got to change completely the way we work. So if we set it as an annual target or a quarterly target, then, you know, we can, uh, we can think through what needs to happen, you know, each week to move us along. Um, you know, on the greater whole. So that's kind of part of it. Um, the other side of that is, um, you know, with employees, uh, we have kind of, you know, monthly assessments that happen. We have weekly check-ins. So there's kind of this framework um, to make sure that people, you know, through the life cycle of being an employee, meaning they get onboarded, you know, in a certain amount of time, we make sure, you know, that they're, they're moving at the pace that we want. And, um, and that, you know, we continue to check in with them. We just don't set them free, um, you know, in the company. So um, those are kind of the two main pillars of, uh, of this uh, kind of strategic way of thinking that we use. So, nice. you know, I kind of, uh, the reason we kind of went that route is that uh, when I worked at other firms, like the, um, the strategy was just like survive tax season and, um, and try and, um, try and crank out a bunch of tax returns and help you make money. So I kind of wanted a different way of thinking about, um, about doing this, which then uh, helps us serve our clients better. Nice, man. I love it. It's like, it's, it's so cool to watch the community grow with like the partners and the members and just seeing like how much value uh, we can really provide to each other just because like, you know, we're all entrepreneurs for the most part. We're just like using different tools uh, to, to get the things that we want. But we all need, you know, this this structure, this way that we operate uh, to really get where we want to go. And it's, it's great to be able to share value in that way as well. Um, how do you guys like where do you guys really fit in day to day in the business? Like, Jason, what are you doing day to day when you come into the office and then and then Jeremy you can let us know what your day to day looks like too. I try to I my goal is is singular. It's to create a frictionless environment for people to evaluate whether or not we're the right partner for them to help them get to the next level. Okay. And 
so so many times when you engage somebody it, it it really has to do with the culture at the company but we have this mentality of we know what our right fit is it's not like we could close a lot more opportunities in terms of bringing on clients there's a lot of you know times where i could i could have brought on a new client to come on board and work with us but we say no when we don't see that it's a good fit and, and that's that's that market fit that i'm talking about but also understanding like what our superpowers are so um, it's to engage with people in a way that feels good, is simple, to come to a quick conclusion as to whether or not we could we could be the right partner for them. And then sometimes just to tell them we're not the right partner, but here's somebody that you could talk to that would be like we don't leave people hanging. We're we're really firm on making sure that uh, that we build bridges whenever we have the opportunity to do so, because that can be valuable to cross over later. All right, man, that's that's great that you're able to focus on that that one like big thing, man, that that's, that's huge. That's a great position to be in. It is. I mean, I guess there is an addition to that, which is taking the feedback that I get from clients and passing that over to the operations team to come up okay. with new ideas on ways that we could better serve our clients. And then also to, to develop um, a, a standard for making sure that the information that a client shares with me during the engagement process, if they become a client, that they don't have to repeat themselves again. So just having systems and processes to capture that conversation so that when the accounting team takes over, they know exactly what's happening. They review the notes. We've got some good systems and processes built around that so that the client can just, it, it feels better when they start than having to go and and, um, and tell somebody their whole story over again. And so we really are like, we want to get out of the way of entrepreneurs doing their best work and make it easy for them to work with us, but with a very high level of confidence. Like there's no question about the work that we're doing in the background, but they know they can go focus on fixing the supply chain or building resilience in you know, their business. And then they know that they have the best possible partner for tax compliance and saving money. Amazing, love it. So Jeremy, why don't you tell us a little bit about like why, why did you choose Jason uh, for this role? Like I've had a few conversations, I had a conversation with uh, Jason about like sales, I really like his perspective on it. Um, but yeah, what was it uh, that led you to bring him in? Yeah, I think um, Jason, uh, I think, you know, he has really good vision on uh, where he wants to take things and he's not afraid to uh, to dive in. So I think that's a huge superpower. Um, and he's also, uh, I really liked, because I don't want to, uh, if we're not a good fit for a client, well, uh, you know, the ideal of bringing on more business is enticing, but if someone's not a good fit, then um, I don't want to set us up for failure and I don't want to, I don't want, uh, you know, to cause bad reviews or something like that. Yeah. With people. So, um, you know, uh, his willingness to kind of build that route, I think is, is um, super exciting. And, you know, he's got a, his attitude is, uh, uh, it's always upbeat and, um, you know, kind of raises, uh, you know, we're accountants, so it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not every, I mean, you know, uh, not everyone's like super, um, you know, exciting and uplifting. And so I think, um, you know, most I feel like most accounting firms don't have someone on the sales side, really. It's like it's the CPAs doing the sales, which, yeah. you know, um, I think it's um, to me, it's unscalable. Um, and, uh, and then you're giving out a lot of, you know, free advice, <laughs> um, you know, which is kind of our superpower. So, 
Um, so yeah, you know, really his vision um, is uh, upbeat attitude and then willingness, you know, to dive in and, and serve our, our deal client. Nice. Yeah, I like that he's bringing that uh, perspective to the table, really finding the right client for you guys. Um, you know, because a big piece of that puzzle is unfortunately turning people down and, and that's hard to do. Uh, but it's great to have someone on your team that's, you know, clearly looking out for the best interests of, of the company in the long run. Yep. Um, Jason, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about your sales perspective? We chatted about it in, in Jackson Hole, and I just really thought it was cool and, and think it would be great for the listeners to hear it. It's really simple. I mean, if you think about it from the perspective of, of how you as a buyer and a lot of our buyer behavior is shaped on, you know, having engaged with companies like Amazon and the purchase being so simple. And you just think about being a human to people. I don't even think about sales. If you've got the right product or service and there's a market fit, you don't have to be desperate. And so many salespeople are desperate. And there's this there's this theory that you have to understand all these methodologies. And I do. I've read all the books. I've been through the trainings. And what I found is that sales isn't that complicated. There either is or isn't a fit. And you need to know at least as much as the business that you're serving about that industry in some ways. And so like being good at um, creating a frictionless environment has to do with being able to provide advice and guidance in a way that um, that the person trusts you right away. And I, I think that's the goal is just like build enough trust for the person to have an open conversation for them to be a re relaxed enough. When you work with salespeople, you're often just like, this dude's going to try to get me. And yeah, I'm not trying to get anybody. I, you know, I've said this to Jeremy, my interest in life is just as much the client as it is our company. And so for some owners, they'd be like, well, that is unacceptable. Like you need to be just as concerned, but I think it creates a special bond with people when you're talking about the opportunity to come and work with the company when you can feel that there's that concern. And so this is something that's taken me probably 15 years, like from the time of first reading how to win friends and influence people, like just learning. It's more about philosophy and just like really caring about people. And and there is like a, definitely if, if, to to engage with clients in a way that that I see as being most effective from a sales perspective, you have to have a certain level of intuition. And and that's what I try to like my main goal when I'm when I'm talking to someone is uncovering every possible area of opportunity, but then making sure that anything that could come up later in terms of cost for that client is covered initially. A lot of firms will just be like, we bill it $250 an hour and they're so robotic. And it's like, they don't want to do anything to build the relationship. And they'd be fine with just bringing you on as a client. And then on the back end saying, Hey, we didn't, we didn't get to know you well enough in the beginning of the process. And this is going to be an extra $5,000. I know that I've lost deals because I tried to dig a little bit too deep, but I refuse for it to come up on the back end and the operations team have to deal with it. Like, Oh, by the way, this is going to be 5,000 more dollars. Like nobody wants to hear that. And so we're we're able to operate. Jeremy's given me liberty to operate in a way that feels good. Like I can do it with integrity and we're not desperate. We just go out and we find the right people that are the right fit. And those people come on board and it's been it's been so much fun just to see like the impact too that it's having on businesses on the back end. I mean, I'm a year into this with no background in finance 
and I've, I've learned a lot, but I think we've found the right match. It's going to be easy to, to grow the company, but more importantly, like what we're finding is our service to customers is becoming more and more appreciated, which is really the end goal. Amazing, man. Yeah. It just sounds like your perspective on the whole sales situation just really eliminates a lot of issues that could creep up from bad sales tactics, you know, at, at the top level. Uh, so I think, you know, operationally, you're just, you're just doing the, one of the best things possible for, you know, your department and for the operations department and for the company as a whole. And it would be great to see, you know, more and more people just adopt that sales philosophy of having those open, honest conversations with integrity um, and, you know, being, being okay with walking away or saying no, because at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people kind of feel bad in certain situations and some salesmen will play on, on that, you know, that guilty feeling. Um, so yeah, man, super cool. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I, I hope some people pick up on that and kind of, you know, start to think about having those conversations with their team members. So Jeremy, what does your day-to-day -day look like at, at the moment? Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, so, you know, kind of as the CEO, um, my job is, you know, we have department leaders. So my job is to make sure that they, uh, you know, they're able to deliver to our clients and anything that's hanging them up. Um, uh, my job is to help them figure out how to uh, get around that, how to solve that problem. Um, I'd also say, I like to, you know, on the tax planning side, um, I don't know, I just have so much in a, in a nerdy kind of geeky way. I have a lot of, to me, it's like a challenge to figure out whenever I look at a client, it's like, I know, I know there's so much, uh, you know, when we have our, an ideal client, we can save them a ton of money in taxes usually. And so I just, it's like a challenge to me to get in there to look around to, um, you know, to identify all these strategies. So, um, you know, for some of our bigger clients, I do a lot of that and play around um, in there. Um, and then I get to go to fun events. Yeah. Uh, and yes. <laughs> That's so cool. And I could tell like both of you guys like lit up when you got to talk about what you do and what you enjoy doing in the company. <laughs> and that's just like such an amazing place to be, man. Sure. Um, that's exciting. Um, well, what have you guys been able to accomplish, Jeremy? Like when did you start Ecom CPA? How many people do you have in your industry now? And like, what has this structure and, you know, thing, what sure. has this done for your company? Yeah, so I mean, like I mentioned in the story, it was just me on, uh, on Upwork side hustling at, after my day job. Um, and so, you know, that really grew. Um, and that was what year? What year was that when you started? Yeah, I think that was in like uh, 2018. Okay. And so then, um, you know, basically a year of side hustling. And then um, that kind of gave me the courage to go off on my own um, with this. And um, so 2019, you know, that's kind of the year um, okay. we started. And, um, you know, basically now we're at, uh, we just hired our 16th employee. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, scaling up, um, it's kind of as far as how the team looks, um, you have someone that leads tax, you have someone that leads accounting and then, um, obviously Jason on sales. And then we have, um, you know, our operations, um, team as well. So, um, that's kind of the, you know, the top level and then, you know, obviously a senior and, and, uh, people down below that who, 
uh, help do the day-to-day work with uh, with everyone else on top, supervising, making sure, um, make sure the quality is really good. You know, on, on the tax side, um, I'm, uh, you know, the team is really good at what they do. And I'm, you know, the, the quality of work that we put out on the tax side, you know, the tax compliance side, I think is really, um, to me, it's really important. And so um, I'm, uh, I feel like bragging a little bit about that. Yeah, team, um, you know, and what they do, you know, we, we, when we have people come in, we're looking at their priority returns, you know, and we're just, you know, when, when someone doesn't understand e-commerce, then the amount of mistakes that can be made are substantial. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're not, I wouldn't expect you to know, you know, the ins and outs of the tax return. And so, um, so having a team that's really solid, I think is, um, is super important. Um, and you did that all pretty quickly. Bill, you know, got yeah. <laughs> jumped out of the day job, started building your team. Uh, that's awesome, man. And now you're up to 16, you said department leaders? Or are you uh, 16, 16 total employees. 16 total employees. Okay. Yep. Awesome, man. That's uh, excited. You guys yeah, have any? AOS. It's a remote team. Okay. So, um, you know, you, we can get guys the best. Have, do you guys have any, uh, like, you guys keep track of any fun numbers like how much yeah, you yeah. So, taxes uh, last year? Yeah, the one I'm most proud of last year we identified over eleven million dollars in tax savings for a wow. <laughs> and uh, my goal for 2022 is to get the 20. We want 20 million, and maybe we're thinking too small. Yeah, yeah. I Jason, I don't know if you had a number. <laughs> I already. Yeah, I've been I've been aiming at 30. But nice. I love it, man. It's it's fun setting those big goals. Nick, what's yes. interesting, any business owner that listened to Jeremy talk about the department should have picked up on one core thing. Like when he talked about the departments, there is one that some would say is missing, right? Marketing. So we've <laughs> we've had a lot of organic growth. Jeremy built some really good relationships with referral partners and people have talked about us. Well, we've, you know, our, our site does pretty well for conversions and, and incoming leads, but we haven't really had to do a lot from a marketing perspective because of two things, the work ethic of the team and the market fit that there is, the need for what we're doing in, the, in this space. We're aware that, that the next levels all require a certain level of marketing and we're building that out now, but it's just been amazing for me having looked at how much companies can spend. And for an e-commerce business owner, you look at the cost of conversions from a marketing perspective and that number, it it is one of the largest expenses by far in the organization. And so it's just, it's really nice to, to be doing what we're doing. It's, it's not easy, but um, yeah, when he, when, when I found out that the lead flow was what it was and, that, and just have seen how things have gone. I'm just like, this. people are asking for this, they want it. And then we've been reshaping it, which is to me the fun part. Yeah, that, that, is, uh, that is such a great way to, to just get more business is by people just talking about you saying good things. Um, and it's, it always surprises me how many people kind of miss the mark thinking about uh, things other than just being like open, honest and doing what you said you were gonna do. Right. Like sometimes just doing those three things gets you ahead uh, of the pack. It sets you apart uh, right away, especially in a service based business like you guys, where you're kind of, you're building these relationships with people and, you know, trying to save them money and stuff like that. It's uh, it's just so great to actually feel like a more human connection with with the, the other person. Totally. 
Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, you, you guys come out to the events. We always have such a good time there. Um, you know, how has MDS kind of impacted you guys personally? Like, Jason, I know you just came out to an event. Uh, but, yeah, let us know how MDS has helped you guys from a business and a personal perspective. Yeah, um, I mean, MDS has been a huge um, uh, benefit to our company as far. I mean, obviously, you have the client. Um yes whatever, bringing on new clients is, uh, has been great. But I think, um, you know, I think the, the real power is, is being part of the community in such that, you know, we're not, uh, we're not like selling people really. We're going, being present at the events, bringing value when we can, um, and, and just, you know, being part of the community and saving people money on taxes. And it's not a, you know, like I said, we, we don't have to really do marketing. Um, you know, when we're part of that community and, and are just known um, for being good at what we do. Um, and then obviously the events are, um, are so much fun. Um, and, uh, and you get to do with, you know, people that you like um, being around that talk the same language. So um, I always, you know, come back refreshed and excited and, you know, it's people that talk the same language yeah. um, as well. So, the part that I talked about having a sense of what's happening in the industry to me, like that is the core component of being able to connect with people. And after leaving the company that I was at before, I immersed myself in e-commerce just because it's just such a fascinating opportunity for, for companies. It's harder to build now. It's not as easy as it was back in the day. We heard about right. old Amazon days, but it's still a great opportunity. And I don't ever want to lose a sense for the struggle that people have or assume like that we're more of a solution than we really are to their business. So going to the events allows me to tune in. I'll just listen to conversations about problems that e-commerce business owners are facing. And so we know our place, right? Like sometimes when somebody has a product or service, they assume too much about the, the problem that they're solving in particular, rather than understanding what all the levers are in a business. And, and so I wanna know what all the levers are and I don't want to try to insert myself where I don't fit. Like if somebody's having supply chain issues and for them to hire us, would it wouldn't make sense. Like it's okay for me to say, hey, I think we should circle back around on this. You need to get your supply chain fixed and then we can engage. Uh, but it, the last event, the partnership opportunity to visit with brands like Heyday and Gatita and to meet those people and, and hear about solutions that they're trying to provide. And then the opportunity just to hear the e-commerce business owners talk about some of the things that they're encountering. It allows us to keep our finger on the pulse and I refuse to ever let that go. Like if you let that go as a business and there's no other CPA firm right now that goes to events like we do and does what we do with the same attitude. Maybe they go and they've got a booth and they set it up and they're like there to like, you know, but we go in a different way. It's like really to go and connect with the people that are out there grinding and building these e-commerce businesses. Yeah, I think you guys are doing a great job, um, you know, at it. Um, you know, it was great. It was really good meeting Jason at the event. We connected and, and Jeremy and I always have a good time. So you guys are you know, out there like actually taking action on these things that you guys talk about. And it's uh, refreshing to see it, especially in the industry that you guys are in, uh, like you mentioned, Jason. So what's on the horizon for you guys? Like what's, um, you know, you guys mentioned some goals around saving, saving uh, money on taxes. Uh, what else is going on within the company that you guys are working on? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think our biggest kind of initiative is that CPA advisor, um, that role that we're talking about, that single point of contact for our clients. And so, um, 
you know, really our focus on the year is to build that out. Um, and then on the tax, you know, on the tax planning side, we're always looking at, you know, what, um, what options do we have as far as tax savings? Um, and, you know, really it's uh, building the team out. So um, our latest hire is a talent acquisition advisor. And so okay. all that, um, you know, really uh, for us, people are like, that's, that's our inventory of the business, meaning uh, without it, we can't survive. And so, um, so I'm kind of excited about that to have someone just, all they do is focus on people and getting world-class people to come in and help while Jason, you know, talks with people and, and gets good, uh, good fitting clients. You know, we always have, obviously we have to deliver. And so um, that's kind of what my focus um, is on is to get kind of our HR side of things going okay, um, and figure that out. Um, and so that's kind of what my focus is on. I, I don't know, if Jason, you have other, uh, obviously you have other things. As well. Yeah, mine is, mine has been, creating something so as we scale and we bring on other reps that that go go out and have conversations like i have that they have everything that they need to be not just successful but super successful i mean we've got such a good product or service fit it's it's not hard to engage with people and for them to see the value yet it it's been my experience in most organizations that they're underprepared and they undervalue the the sales team and the revenue producing part of the business, it's its just been a negative experience for me most of the time. And so I've been building out the infrastructure systems and processes and things within technology, automation within technology to really like create scale. I mean, I haven't shown even Jeremy or Elisa, the two leaders in the company, how much I've built, but I've got a ton in place so that when we do get this talent acquisition specialist grabbing the right talent, I can go grab new customers as fast as we need. Right. There's probably a thousand people we could go out and have conversations with right now that would be ideal clients that could benefit from our services. But we've, we've got to make sure that we've got all the right people in place, the right people in the right seat that get it, want it, and can do the work. I like it, man. What are some of the tools that you use to um, you know manage your projects, manage tasks, build those automations? HubSpot is where I live. I okay. mean... We've got a project management tool from from an accounting perspective called Carbon, and then we've got other s systems and and pieces. We use Zapier to automate things sometimes, but we it's simple. We keep it as simple as possible. We don't want we don't want to over have over complexity in the in the organization. So from a sales perspective, for me, it's creating content that we can share with people and just ways to correspond that are simple and then setting timelines for expectations um understanding there's a lot of moving pieces like when a client we've got probably right now seven or eight different clients that are going to start accounting in the next month and wow. so you could say well the team can handle the work but then how does the onboarding go and so i kind of have to gauge like and set expectations on the front end and tell these clients like, hey, you don't need to sign the proposal right now. But, you know, if you did, it's going to take us this amount of time before we can get started. So doing some of that forecasting on the amount of work that we can hand over to the teams, how that could happen, and then making that handoff seamless as well. I mean, I talked about that a little bit, but it is very important to me. If a client comes and they feel like we're the right fit, their gut feeling is I want Ecom CPA to be a partner. I'll go back and listen to the meeting on Zoom 
twice and take notes and capture all the most important pieces and make sure that the team knows that they need to look at that because when the client comes on board, we need to be ready to go. So mine has been building systems and processes and expectations for what the reps will need to do on a daily basis to go out and be able to help clients, keep helping clients the way we've been doing that. And we do anticipate growth this year as we, we start to get the operations team scaled up. We'll be bringing on, I'll be bringing on some people, one or two people probably before the end of the year just to go out and get them at least familiar with how we're engaging with people. Amazing, man. Sounds like you're on your uh, path to hitting a home run with that. I'm excited to hear like what you're able to accomplish, um, you know, down the line, man. Nice. So, um, what's on the, what's on the horizon personally? Like I know Jeremy, I think you mentioned maybe, uh, getting some surfing lessons and stuff. Like I know, uh, I know Jason, you've got some interesting hobbies as well. Like, uh, what's it look like for you guys on, on the personal side this year? Yeah. So I've, I've kind of always had on my bucket list um, to get better at surfing. Uh, You know, obviously I went with you, but, um, that place was tough to learn, uh, (laughs) because the bottom was very, it was very sharp. It was like, uh, Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. It was a little sketchy. <laughs> I know you guys all got a couple people got cut up for sure. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I just I've always thought surfing so cool, and so I want to. I just want to be able to uh, ride some pipe or whatever you call. It. I don't know. Yeah. What you know playing, but get in the barrel, man. Get yeah, the get in the barrel. barrel. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's always fun. Um, what else? Uh, I I mean mountain biking. You know, I'm I'm in uh, Southern Oregon, so summer okay. going to start here. So uh, uh, that and uh, backpacking with the family. So like real backpacking, not like in an RV or something. Okay. You know, we throw packs and then hike out. You know, where there's no phones or anything like that. So yeah, well, it's such a good feeling uh, to <laughs> unplug and do that for a couple of days. I haven't yeah. been able to do it in a while. <laughs> yeah, we don't get too many trips in, but um, I want to. Uh, as our kids are getting older, I think it's, uh, I think it's time. So. Yeah. Yeah. The kids need that, man. They need, they need to know what that feels like, uh, <laughs> to get outside and, and unplug a little bit. Totally. Totally. Jason, what about you, man? What are, what are you working on these days? I'm strange, Nick. So a few years ago, I realized that life is short. And so I, I did this exercise where I went and I looked at the average life of, of a person that's healthy and I, I backed all the way to the year that I was alive and set goals for each year. And so I, I think my whole mission is just growth as a person that makes every single person that I, that's a part of my life better, like in some way. And there's a reality when you're around people that are a lot smarter than you, you start to just see like all these areas of growth and opportunity. And so it's, it's in part eliminating the noise and focusing on the specific things that you want to fix. And, and right now, um, one of the things that I've been been working on a lot is is listening better. I'm I, I seem to listen well and pick up on what people are saying, but just listening better is like the the thing that I'm I'm working on. That's that really is my passion is growth as an individual, as a husband, as a coworker, as a as a friend to people, as a stranger on the street. Like you know, yeah. you can change you can change somebody's day with the right smile. And so um, that I like race cars. I've got a car that's almost a thousand horsepower. Um, looking to trade it right now for an even more powerful car. I just talked to the dude this morning. He's got a 1300 horsepower car up in Minnesota. And I'm like, let's trade even up. And so working on that, but 
we my wife is from Romania and so okay. she's in school still but we're we're hoping to build a house over there and spend some time working remote. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference in time, but working remote, it's something where we could go spend some time in Romania and hang out with her family. So that's that's the main financial goal right now is just to kind of get things moving in the right direction. I do some consulting on the side to technology companies for how to build out their sales department. And so keeping myself challenged until life is no more while growing. <laughs> nice, man. Uh, that's exciting. I remember you and uh, Corian from Unibrands talking about uh, the cars. cars and building stuff. And uh, it, it was exciting listening to you guys chat about some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, man. So it sounds like you guys have some some great personal goals as well. Uh, excited to see you guys at another event again soon and, and just hear about how all of it's going. Um, before we wrap up, like, why don't you let the listeners know a little bit about like who your ideal client is and, and how they can reach out to you guys for more information? Jeremy, you can cover the ideal client. You have a great feel for that. And I'll go into, I mean, for me, it's, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm there. I'm active. I love, you know, following people and, and integrating into their, you know, their business life and watching what they, it's important to them, getting to know them there. And then also, Nick, I think you could just share my email address um, and anybody that wanted to get in contact and see if we, if there's enough overlap between what they're working on and what we provide to our clients, our current clients, I'd be happy to have a conversation. Yeah, we'll drop that uh, drop that email in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, I would say, I mean, our ideal client, um, you know, uh, whatever, we're accountants. So number-wise, <laughs> <laughs> that makes things simple, but there's also other components. You know, number-wise, obviously over, you know, a million dollars in gross sales is important. And then, you know, um, the bigger the net, the more we can usually save in taxes. And so, you know... Um, uh, that's really important. Obviously, e-commerce only. Um, we like multi-channel, you know, meaning, uh, you know, Shopify, Amazon, uh, you have a brand, you're selling through different channels. We like that complexity because we can be more valuable. Okay. Uh, we still serve Amazon. That's really a strong business. state. That's such a good statement. We like that complexity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love, you know, um, when I when I look at the accounting market, I've always said, I don't want to be H&R Block. I want, you know, I want to go after the super hard stuff. And to me, e-commerce taxes are hard because you have, um, you have state income tax, you have, um, on the other side, you have sales uh, tax, you know, and both of those have nexus standards. So I won't get too technical, but um, that stuff gets missed all the time. And so, um, you know, we, we like that complexity. Um, yeah of that stuff. So the more complex, the better. And we have, you know, we have clients with 22 entities. We have clients with really wow. complicated um, stuff. And so we, we, we like that. Um, A client then, with 22 entities. Yes. Wow. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just means the attorney, the attorneys were driving a lot of it, but um, okay. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I you know, like how you have a lot of insight in that stuff, man. I remember you did a call, you did a workshop. It was like, oh, I forget the title. Yeah, top five planning. tax savings. Yep. Yeah, one of them yep. was like family planning for your estate or something along yep. those lines, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, where do you put your focus? So, you know, knowing what to do to to kind of set yourself up for, um, you know, succession planning or. Um, you know, exit planning, things like that, or just, you know, how to make sure you transfer your wealth. Um, you know, if something were to happen, um, you know, how many times do people, no one expects to die, but it's yeah. obviously going to happen to us. And so, 
you know, if you think about, you know, a lot of uh, e-commerce businesses, you can scale to 10 million just with one person and a bunch of contractors. But if something were to happen to you, what, you know, how do you, um, how do you make sure that continues and, and you leave something for your family as well? So, you know, I think when, that's a pretty you, important part <laughs> yeah. of uh, what you guys yeah. do that you don't, that's easy to forget about. Um, and, and that's huge that you have such good insight. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that, you know, that stuff goes into the kind of the tax planning realm um, of things. So. Awesome. Jeremy, before we sign off, I just feel like there's like some tip you could give something you've seen that pops (laughs) up like over and over. That's like to you, it's simple. But people overlook, like, what is that one thing that you, you see, even at people that are doing over a million in revenue, where it's just like, man, I wish they would do this one simple thing. It would make, you know, X, Y, Z so much more simple. Yeah, I think, I mean, Jason will kill me for giving me one of secrets, <laughs> um, as he always does. But um, one that's so easy um, for people is the Augusta rule. Okay. And, um, you know, I, did, I shared this at our kind of top five things. It just... Um, it's really easy to implement. So if basically you're allowed to rent your personal property um, to anyone, including your own business for up to 14 days a year, tax-free. And so, you know, if your business has events, strategic planning meetings, uh, Christmas parties or something at your, at, uh, at your house, or if you have multiple houses at another house, then your business can pay you for, uh, you know, those 14 days, uh, you know, up to 14 days a year. And that's tax-free money. So, you know, if your house, let's say on Airbnb rents for $500 and you say, well, I'm going to, I've been able to identify 14 occurrences where I've rented, you know, the business has used my home, then, um, then I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a deduction. You get a deduction for $7,000 and then you get a, you get $7,000 in your pocket. That's tax-free money. So, you know, those, uh, that's one of the little small kind of easy things we pick up on um, when we do tax planning. So, you know, that's money back in your pocket and you get a tax deduction. So um, well, if that's the stuff you're giving away for free, I can only imagine what you're doing behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was I'm, a good one. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other, uh, just one other easy one is, you know, on exit planning, when people are selling their business, you know, that's oftentimes the largest, um, event uh you know for tax purposes so there's a lot of things we can do to save people on taxes and so um anytime anytime anyone's doing that um you know we have brokers that send us people you know to talk with us to see what we can do but there's usually tons of money we can save depending on the on the goal so awesome good stuff man thanks for sharing those tips i really appreciate you guys coming on it it was great to catch up uh since i saw you guys last in jackson hole and I look forward to chatting again. Uh, thank you for coming on, guys. Yeah, awesome. thanks, Nick. Yeah, and we, thanks, you know, we appreciate the MDS community. We so do. Very yeah, much. man, it's been great. I know we get to meet such great people. Like it's been great connecting with you guys, and and I always look forward to seeing uh, everyone at the next one. Yep. Excellent. All right, thank fellas, have a good one. All right, thank you. Are you a million dollar seller looking to network with like minded entrepreneurs? Apply for membership now at milliondollarsellers.com. Leave us a review and subscribe now so you don't miss out on next week's episode.